Tom Lorenzo. And this is the Pop Style Opinion Fest. Hello, kittens. Welcome back to another edition of the PSO. I am the T in your Tilo, Tom Fitzgerald. And I'm here with the low in your Tilo, Lorenzo Marquez, my lovely husband. Hello. Did you see my little shoulder move? Yeah. Ooh. Um, after we talked about this in the last podcast about how I have little <laughs> shoulder movements and maybe we should get rid of this, everybody responded and said that no. We should not get rid of the Aww. intro. And some this of you, I think this is the cutest thing ever. Some cute. of you um, fo- try and do the intro with me. Aww. And someone even said that she calls her husband her lovely husband. So, oh, I know, right? Is, We're so damn influential. Think, yeah. No, but it's really cute. No, it is. I mean it. Anyway, uh, we apologize once again. We did not do a podcast last week. It was honestly, it's, I, I'm going to be straight with you all, no pun intended, pardon the term. But uh, it's sort of the same thing with our new our newsletter or with um, sometimes you'll see our come to our site and there's only like five or six posts. It's because we don't put crap up. <laughs> if we don't have anything, we don't do it. And believe it or not, we take a hit. We sometimes take a hit for not just churning out crap every day. And we looked at the end of last week and we were like, oh, I don't know, we don't really have a topic. Right, and right. I hate the idea of someone downloading this podcast, looking forward to something interesting, and we just ramble like a couple of idiots over nothing. So I do want to commit to being a little better about not skipping these things to y'all, but I also... But sometimes we just don't have something. Sometimes it's like the week doesn't Mm -hmm. give us something that's in our area of expertise, and I'd rather, you know, not do it than serve you crap. Um, So... I'm sorry if people were expecting it. I really, neither one of us, we really don't like not putting it out because the best thing about, I mean, the thing about podcasts is you have to establish a schedule. I always put out. You always put out. (laughs) My slutty, slutty husband. (laughs) Okay. So this week, we actually do have some things to talk about, although it's a bit of a ramble. We're going to ramble about some TV stuff and... um, and uh, topics we've already covered, but uh, we have new things to say. Um, we're going to touch on some of the rhetoric surrounding The Last of Us, the show that we have been recapping on our site about um, zombie, you know, mushroom zombies. Um, because like all shows that hit the zeitgeist and everybody's talking about it, there's there's an, there's always some weird backlash, or mm-hmm. and this is what's starting to happen with The Last of Us. And we just want to unpack some of that as people who have been feverishly talking about the show since day one. Uh, the other thing is we're going to talk about uh, the Grammys and um, just a few things that don't really... Right, a few things that happen. Yes, uh, that don't really uh, encompass the kind of red carpet coverage that we do. We're going to talk a little bit about um, Kim Petras and Sam Smith. Uh, they're... A historic win, uh, Kim Petras being the first out trans singer to win a Grammy. Um, and their uh, quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes here, controversial performance of their I song know. Unholy, which evil unleashed a bunch of freaking assholes, the usual freaking assholes. Um, and maybe touch a little bit on the backlash to Madonna, <laughs> the usual freaking. <laughs> Oh, well, we'll get to the, you know, those mouth breathers. Oh, my God. Um, you said you wanted to bring up the whole backlash to Madonna and everything. I just want to mention that she, of course, went on about it. And uh, just, yeah, we, we should talk about that. All as right. Well. So yeah. this is this is what we're laying out in front of you. I should let you know that when we talk about The Last of Us, um, 
those of you who are fans of the show, the uh, latest episode drops on Friday at 9 p.m., which is from our perspective of recording, that is tonight. Uh, I don't know when you're listening to this. So if you are listening to this before you, and it's dropping because of the Super Bowl. Um, if you are listening to this, uh, uh, we'll give you a heads up because it, we're not going to do like major spoilers for the episode. But if you haven't seen it yet, you might want to just skip that part and come back to it. Uh, we're going to talk mainly about Melanie Linsky's character. We're not going to talk about the fates of any characters or anything like that. Just how similarly to the Bill and Frank story uh, in episode three, mm-hmm. she has become a, uh, suddenly become a, a figure with that people are suddenly talking about. Um that was a hell of an introduction, my God. No, my God. I'm sorry. I feel like I gave it all away. It was like a trailer for the podcast. <laughs> okay, but um, those of you who are sitting there going, Tom, shut up and let, and let Lorenzo speak. I'm sorry. I am going to continue speaking for a few minutes because we're going to start with a show that I devoured this week. And Lorenzo only saw one episode, so I, I'm not going to go deep into it. But I got to say, if you're looking for something entertaining and low stakes, but with enough drama to keep you riveted, um, the traders on Peacock is hellaciously fun. I, I saw. I watched one episode with you, and it, yeah. it, it, it it's fine. I mean, it's, the setup it, is it's, it's fun and funny. I mean, it, we don't actually watch reality television, right? Uh, RuPaul's Drag Race is literally the only Pretty one much, yeah. that we still watch, and. Uh, you have to remember that, or maybe you don't have to remember, but we got our start as reality TV bloggers with Project Runway, and then we spent the first three or four years of our blogging career basically blogging a ton of long-forgotten Bravo, Bravo. reality shows. <laughs> yes. And then uh, we landed on RuPaul, and we ca- all that stuff sort of fell by the, way- the wayside. But um, we had lost interest in most most reality TV a long time ago because we really shot our wad. We wrote a million words about various TV shows. So I, I don't know. This might seem like surprising to, to anyone listening, but we have never watched any of The Real Housewives. We've never watched The Bachelor. We've never watched any of the current mm. Bravo reality empire. And we don't watch any of that stuff. We don't watch The Voice. We don't watch Survivor. We don't, and that never have. Bachelor, none of it, no. right? I We've, think, I think, the thing with uh, Project Runway was the fashion component. It was because I was, you and know, with RuPaul, it was drag, yeah, right? Exactly because I was obsessed with fashion and and Drag Race. Same thing with RuPaul and and queerness. Yeah, and all we that. had a base yeah. of knowledge uh-huh. that allowed us to appreciate it. Look, no Tino shade against people who love those shows. I'm not looking down on them, but like I said, we we blew our wad on talking about reality competitions a long time ago and not just that we did shows like the a-list which was remember that it was all about Mm -hmm. the gay housewives and everything and we so we just anyway my point being that the survivors part of the setup of the survivors there's 20 people at the start who are all sent to a remote scottish castle uh where the host is alan cumming Mm-hmm. And they live in this castle, and they do all of these tasks while trying to figure out who in their group is a traitor, <laughs> and ejecting them from the group because every night the traitors meet and decide who to murder, and that person gets eliminated in the middle of the night. They they show up at breakfast, and oh my god, so and so is dead. And then at the end of the day, they all get together around a round table and they talk about who they're suspicious and who's a traitor and they vote people out. 
But when you get voted out, you have to stand... (laughs) This is what's so funny about it. It's so campy. You have to stand in the circle of truth. (laughs) And you have to honestly answer whether you are a traitor or whether you are... The people who are not traitors are called the faithful. (laughs) So you have to stand there and say, I am a traitor or I am a faithful. And of course, everyone votes people out because they think they're a traitor. There's only three traitors out of a group of 20. So most of the people that get voted out stand up and go, I'm a faithful. And then everyone feels like shit because they voted the wrong person out. That's the setup. It's very funny. I watched the episode where they get uh, buried alive. Remember? Yes, oh my yes. God. It was just Yeah, it's very hysterical. much got that sort of fear factor. I know. And I was like, what are they doing? And I thought, I, I, you know, at first I thought they were, oh, it's just, just going to be there. But no, they start covering them with dirt. <laughs> dirt. And I'm like, um, what? They're clearly very safe. They have their phones oh, with them. I There's know, a camera in the in the grave with but them. But the whole thing is just funny. And, you know, the other, the, they all do these goofy ass tasks, these challenges. And it's all based on clues and, and teamwork. And um, I think my favorite one is they make great use of the it's the Scottish castle that's on a massive Scottish estate. Uh, so it has a lock. So they go to the lock and they, they, you know, they have things that are around the lock that they have to do. And then there's a distillery and they have to roll barrels down a hill towards the distillery. And there's a church or I'm sorry, there's a kirk. And they have to stand on the steps of the castle, half of them do, while the other half are in the church ringing the church bells, and they have to guess what song they're trying to play on the church. Like, it's goofy stuff like that, but it's really entertaining. I haven't even gotten to my point about reality TV, which is that there are 20 contestants, 10 of them are civilians that more or less have never been on TV before, but the other 10 are all reality veterans. There's a bachelor, there's a housewife, there's someone from Below Deck, there's uh, a couple people from Survivor and Big Brother. So the funny thing is all of the people who have done reality TV all come in with these pretty much terrible reputation. Everyone knows their reputation. Everyone knows everything they did when they were on Survivor. So it's constantly coming up. (laughs) And I don't want to give... The thing that makes it entertaining for me, because I really don't like to sit down and watch people screaming at each other on TV, not because I'm so sensitive, but because I think it's really freaking boring. Everyone's in on it. Like... The people who are traitors didn't choose to be traitors. The show selects them and then tells them you're 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 a traitor. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I didn't know so that before, and yeah. oh, and the whole here's how it works. There's a two hundred fifty thousand dollar pot at the end of it. If any anyone who's standing at the end who is still in the hasn't been let go of the game gets to split that pot, mm-hmm. unless there's still a traitor in the group that they haven't expelled. In which case, the traitor gets the whole thing. And the people who think they made it to the end literally find out in the last 10 seconds that, oh, you're not getting that money. <laughs> this, per- this person's been lying to you the whole time. Oh, my God. Now, And here, I want to say, except for a few um, uh, outbursts, uh, it's not a show about villainy, people being villains. Everybody knows it's a game. So, yes, there are traitors. And in fact, the one person gets out of that a traitor and everybody ran up and hugged them. Oh as soon as, as they were outed because it, I don't want to say it's very kumbaya because there is a lot of backstabbing and what really sold it to me and I really if you haven't seen it I don't want to give anything away I saw the most jaw-droppingly masterful gameplay I have 
ever seen in any reality competition. Granted, I don't watch that many anymore. Um, not giving anything away, but one player, you will walk away thinking, God damn, cold <laughs> as ice, but also brilliant. And even the other players that got backstabbed walked away saying the same thing. I got fucked, but my God, that person really knew how to play the game. That's funny. Um, so for me, that was really fun. Alan Cumming is the host. Super, super camp. Of course. Oh, my God. When is he not he's super so campy? Over the top. I know. Yeah, it, it's hysterical. And yeah, because he's wearing like kilts and everything and, and these little tams on his head. He's really playing up the accent. Um, so, yeah, my recommendation. It's based on there's a UK version, there's an Australian version, there's a Dutch version. I know the uh, Peacock version in America did really, really well. And they've already. Um, oh, really? Yeah, they've already okayed season two. Oh, and Andy Cohen's doing a reunion with the whole cast. And some of them didn't know until the finale who was a traitor. And so we're going to get to see all these reactions. Oh, my God, that's funny. Um, I don't think I'm going to watch that because I can't stand Andy Cohen doing those reunion shows. I like Andy Cohen just fine, but I hate when he does I those reunion like shows. I don't like reunions in general. No, so. they're just an excuse to get people to argue. And Andy's right. actually really, really good at that. He gets people to argue while sitting on couches. That's his... That's his skill in life. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's being bitchier than I mean it to be. No, uh, Andy Cohen, we and Andy really go nice. way back. He yes. was always good to us. Yes, um, he even nice. helped us promote our book. We appeared on his radio show a couple years ago, and he was talking about Project Run Gay and the times he used to. So no tea, no shade against Andy, but I don't really like people arguing on couches. You know what I do like? Mm-hmm. And be, I'll do this, and then I'll turn to you, but... I like my Bombas socks. Winter is better with Bombas. They make thoughtfully designed clothes that make you feel cozy at home, supported during outdoor activities, and good. Knowing that for every item you purchase, they they donate another to someone in need. Imagine socks, underwear, and t-shirts that feel cozy like a fireplace and soft like a cloud. What you're imagining are Bombas, the thoughtfully designed better basics that'll keep you comfy all winter long. Socks, underwear, and t-shirts are the number one, two, and three most requested items in homeless shelters. That's why for every comfy item you purchase, Bombas donates another comfy item to someone experiencing homelessness. Every item is seamless, tagless, and luxuriously soft. Bombas are the clothes you'll want to cozy up in all winter long. They use the softest materials like merino wool, pima cotton, and even cashmere, which makes them the perfect cozy wintertime layers. I am currently... Um, every Friday morning I have a uh, like a boot camp class at my gym and then we come back here and if it most Fridays I'm doing the podcast so I am currently in my very stinky Bomba socks that I just worked out in but then I'm going to take my shower and put on my very comfy cashmere Bomba socks um, I'm telling you I live in them I live in them I live in them I live in them um, anytime if we ever do like a book tour or anything again just ask me ask me what socks I'm wearing and I, I guarantee I'll be wearing Bombas anyway Are you a winter jogger, a skier, or snowboarder? Bombas makes temperature-regulating clothing so you can feel more comfortable doing what you love most. So, go to bombas.com slash T-L-O and use code T-L-O for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash T-L-O and use code T-L-O at checkout. Now, I'm going to shut up because everyone listening is like, Tom, shut up. Um, and I'm going to toss to you on the on the subject that I know you uh, have a lot about. Is do you want to start with Madonna? Or yeah, we can start with Madonna because Madonna, yeah. your girl, right, has always been your girl. Um, um, yes, I love Madonna, and I think she's great. Um, I yeah, I've always been a fan. 
loved her music, love her music, uh, and everything she did. You know, she's she's done a lot for the community, for the queer community, and everything. People um, forget. People forget. But there was a time when we didn't have that much support, and she was always there for us. Yep. Um, she is who she is, uh, and she's gotten more um, eccentric, I'd say, uh, you know, with time. Right. And um, she has an issue with aging, which, you know, I can't really blame her. I mean, I can't tell someone to act a certain way when it comes to age. You know, some right. people age, you know, gracefully, I guess. Right. Uh, that's the term. And then some people fight that. You know, I fight. You know, we. I, I, I'm not going to say we all fight, but I personally fight fight aging <laughs> fight aging. i think a lot of people do yeah in, in various levels yeah. but they get very judgmental past yeah. a certain point yeah i do hope that i don't go overboard which i feel that's what's happening with madonna here i mean if you if you watch her tiktok uh videos i mean it's sometimes i look at those videos like what are you doing to your face i mean but that's just my reaction as a as the public you know as someone right. as a fan um, just to backtrack, there was a huge. This is all spurred on no, by just, her Grammys appearance, right? No, but this is way before the Grammys. I mean, like uh, it started getting worse and worse, and 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 she opened an account on TikTok, and then people started following her, and then, right. and then that's when she started doing videos, and people were like, "Whoa, what is going on with your face, Madonna?" And you know, she jokes about it, and and so on. Uh, I don't know what happened uh, on stage that she took it a little more personally and 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 had a whole uh, Instagram devoted to talking about how horrible well, social that, media was. Yeah, well, that that's the thing. The, the thing is that she was on stage. I well, the thing is, you know, you you at least I do. I tend to think that everybody's on TikTok, everybody's on, on Instagram or whatever. But you know, you you forget the impact that someone on TV actually makes you know like right. when you're on tv it's it's louder and bigger and you kind of forget about that if you're on the phone all the time and that's what happened she was on tv uh on stage and a lot of people i guess hadn't seen what she looked like now i mean if you follow her she's on extremely smooth yeah faced she's um and pillow face lots of filler yeah i mean she doesn't have one wrinkle you know it's the usual Plus a little more, right? Um, and and then people were just shocked and made comments. And and there are stories about um, they she didn't allow the the camera to get a close up on her. So it, if you watch the uh, the um, show, it the camera is far from her. But apparently, photographers, of course, with their cameras, took shot of her mm-hmm. with, with close ups. And and she hated that. She mentioned that that photographers distorted her face. And that's why she looks mm. like that. You know, that kind of stuff. Like this kind of delusion uh, combined with, you know, you you do have a point that, here, here's how it goes. I always see both sides. I try. Uh, you do have a point that it's your face. You do whatever you want. And, 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 and in general, people, people, have, people have a tendency to make those comments when it's women more than when it's men. Um, I get all that, and then she went on about saying that it was misogyny and then ageism, but like, all right, but you're a public figure and you're changing your face, so you know, people are going to talk about that no matter what, right? I mean, um, 
she went to extreme levels yes. of facial work. Yeah, I mean, you, you. It's going to be discussed. It's the same thing with Khloe Kardashian, for example. I mean, you know, she right. she has meltdowns right. and and she cries and talks about like you know people are attacking her. You know, she looks the same. No, you do not look the same. If you at least admitted that, that okay. This is this is not what I, I own. This this is yes, what I want exactly, it to look like. Exactly, exactly. Right. This is what I look like now, and I'm fine with it. And you can all go, you know, f yourself. Then fine. Uh, but no, there, there there's this delusion, this idea that no, oh, it's just the makeup, it's filters. No, no, it's a lot of money, and you're doing a lot with it, changing your face. Right. You know, that's that's what's going on here. And if you just admit that and move on, then maybe people won't talk so much about it. But when you talk about like, oh my God, everyone is talking about my face. Well, when you transform your face like that, yeah, people are going to talk about it. Yeah, it's going to be the subject of conversation. I I try and be less judgmental about uh, the work she's had done and how, how different she looks, how jarring the difference is because... On a certain level, and this is this goes to your point about I really wish she would own this a little bit better because everyone was so shocked by by Madonna's appearance at the Grammys, and I was like, well, chalk that up. That's like the thirtieth time people were shocked at Madonna's appearance right. at the Grammys. She's always been pushing the envelope. I don't know that we need to be pushing the envelope on on cosmetic, you know, mm. facial procedures all that much, or put, but the idea that Madonna was going to just, you know, age like Sophia Loren or like, you know, just be a 65-year-old Italian woman with good bones. No, that was never going to happen. She was never that girl. She was never about natural beauty. She was always about costume and artifice and changing her hair color and changing her persona. This is very much in line with what Madonna has always been. And the fact that people are freaked out, I'm like, well, okay, but I remember when you were freaked out about the cone bras and the sex book and a million, and like a prayer. I do feel that in a way in her head, this is just her transforming again, changing again, Uh, and, and, uh, you know, to a more extreme level. But in my, I think in her mind, she's just, okay, I'm just doing something else with my body, with my appearance and, and so on. But it's a little too shocking for people um it's just it is what it is uh she's not going to change that's what she is and it this is very sad and true i think about pop culture um uh, pop singers in general because they rely so much on what they do on the stage you know dancing around wearing you know right very skimpy outfits that i don't care i think it's fine but right. you know you 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 work very hard on your image as well as you work on your voice and your talent. So, you know, it's not just your talent. It's not like someone just singing. Right. Like, uh, let's say, uh, Adele, for example, you know. Right. And I'm not saying Adele doesn't worry about her image. She does very much so. But it's it, it's a different level. Uh, Madonna was never, ever that kind of... Yeah. She was never an Adele. Right, right. So if you relied on your your entire career on the way you look, how you dance, you move, your body, you know, and, right. and, and your fitness and all that on stage while you're singing. Um, yeah, when that goes away, it's going to freak you out and you're going to do whatever you can to, you know, maintain that or, you know, right. take it as far as you can go. Um, no judgment. I mean, do what you want, but you should be open to criticism if you're a public figure and you change that much. I mean, there's no way people are not going to talk about it. And yes, people are going to be nasty about it. People are going to be very nasty about it, but just that's how things are. Um, 
Yes, and I, but I also think that Madonna, I don't claim to know her, of course, but I've been following her for 35 right. years. Um, Madonna would feel dead. Madonna would feel elderly if she couldn't shock people. Mm-hmm. And I think, because she always did. She always shocked people. It was a part of her persona. One after another, she looked for new ways to shock people. And... um I think in her head, that's, if I'm not shocking people, I'm dead. Um, and this is how she's choosing to do it now. And I'm tr- like, I, like you, I'm trying to be less judgmental about it. I think mm-hmm. she's gone too far because I don't think it actually looks good for her at all. Right. Um, and I do think, like, we just had Michelle Pfeiffer on the, on the site, and she's actually older than Madonna. And Michelle Pfeiffer... Uh, Look, I have to laugh when people are like, oh, my God, Paul Rudd, clean living. No, Paul Rudd, fillers and Botox, they all do it. Uh, Oh, you know, Helen Mirren never got work done. Helen Mirren has a perfectly defined jawline at like 77 years of age. So does Meryl Streep. No, 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 no. They all do different levels of of, of help, but they do. Um, People are very naive about... um, uh, about the number, the amount of work that gets done. Mm-hmm. Any, any, like you know, we just had um, Julianne Moore, who was also about Mad- Madonna's age, mm-hmm. and you'll hear that. About, oh my God, she's aging really well. She she doesn't even look like she's had she's had a shit ton of work done. Are you kidding me? Who looks like that at sixty four? Right. It, who I, is perfectly smooth right. at sixty four? I mean, it it depends on you. I mean, if you go and you say, you know, can I just look better as opposed to can I look ten years or twenty years younger? That's the difference of of conversation with your doctor. <laughs> <laughs> and this is where I think Madonna makes the mistake right. of she should not be making the conversation about how I'm trying to look younger. Mm-hmm. She should make the conversation I'm trying to push the envelope on standards of beauty. I wouldn't agree with her on it, but at least right. it would be very Madonna-esque. Right, right. The idea of Madonna spending her senior years in this Norma Desmond-like quest for youth, that uh, that's depressing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't mind that she's having work done, um, but I wish she was would just take more of an Amanda Lepore approach to it. Be like, yes, I'm going right, to be right. completely plastic and I'm going to challenge what yeah. you think, blah, blah, right. blah, you know? The thing is that most people never talk about it. I mean, I'm, I don't want to mention, I mean, I remember when Jennifer Lopez was like, I've, I've never done Botox oh, or whatever. Oh, honey, sweetie. Yeah, and I Come don't want to get into the details of that because I really don't know, but clearly you did something because nobody has that no. ice skating of a forehead. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 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 nobody does. Uh, ice skate. You know, ice skating ring. No, nobody has that. Yeah, uh, nobody has that forehead. Um, unless absolutely you, no. Unless you're five year old. Yeah. No jowl. Yeah. Nothing. Nope. Sorry, don't buy it. That's not how it works. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, and fine if you don't want to admit it, but uh, it just you sound silly. You sound silly. I agree. Uh, the Paul Rudd stuff always. I'm just like, what? How? How do you look at that man and think that he hasn't had any work done? He looks great. No, no lie. But right. If you think that's all from healthy living or because he's got a nice personality, people come on. I know. All right. Do you want to move on? Since we're on the Grammys, let's talk about Kim and Stan. Yes. 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 All right. Yes. So um, Kim Petras, as as we said, is the first trans singer to uh, win a Grammy. Uh, and um, she and uh, Sam Smith performed their song Unholy, and they looked amazing. Um, he was wearing, or I'm sorry, they were wearing Valentino, and uh, they had the top hat with the devil's horns. And there was all this, 
I think it's literally laughable to call this satanic imagery because, Mm. I'm sorry, they weren't sacrificing babies or crucifying people upside down on that stage. They were wearing red costumes provided by a couture house. Um, And that's just stupid. That, That The type of commentary is just stupid because, you know... Art entertainment has has been dealing with with that in, kind of imagery yeah, for a hundred years kind of imagery, yeah, in for, an entertaining for, I mean, way thousands of years. Yeah. I mean, it goes back to like the the Cameron and everything. I mean, right. we're talking about like right. many many thousands and thousands of years ago. People dress up yeah. in devil costumes for yeah. Mardi Gras and Carnival. Right, and right. I mean, it, that's just stupid. They just want to talk about it. They it's just because want, they're queer. Yes, yeah. Of Let course. me just say what we're referring to is that of course there was this, uh, and I I actually shouldn't say of course because this is a new development. Um, they were attacked by a bunch of fuck job right wing Republican politicians like Ted Cruz and Marjorie Taylor Greene or pundits like Ben Shapiro. And it became this big thing that they were promoting Satanism at the Grammys. And Marjorie Taylor Greene was like, this performance was sponsored by Pfizer because she's such a goddamn mouth breather that in her head that made sense. Um, And the reason I'm so angry about this, and I'm making a point of this, is because, uh, look, Little Nas X uh, was doing satanic imagery with Montero just two years ago, and for the most part, nobody really batted an eye. I'm sure there were a few outcries, but it didn't become this big right-wing thing. And I'm pointing this out because they also weren't, um, you know, bringing guns to drag queen story Mm -hmm. hours two years ago. They weren't removing every queer book from the library every two years ago. It has now become fashionable again to uh attack queer people for literally anything mm-hmm. and and for the kinds of things that people shrugged at as recently as two years ago what what gets me so angry about all this is i'm like really the music industry the grammys how many fucking uh, how many uh, satanic black sabbath or even mick jagger the rolling stone sympathy for the devil like what, on his satanic majesty's request this has been going on for 50 years in pop music, Mm -hmm. even longer than that. And sure, 50 years ago, people were like, oh my God, the Rolling Stones, Satan, David Bowie, Satan. And then they all, that all turned out to be a joke because clearly it was theatricality, not Satan worshiping. Right. So it's very distressing to see that sort of rhetoric come back again 50 years after people laughed it off the stage for right. being stupid. And I think it's all about timing. It's, it's just getting worse because now we have that piece of shit, George Santos, you know, and I'm sure that the Republicans are like, all right, we have this idiot with us, but we're still against gay people, queer people. Right. So we're just going to keep talking about it and, and being against them. And right. that's what they did with, with Sam Smith and, and Kim Petra. The rhetoric against queer people is escalating to a lo- levels that I don't think I've seen in my lifetime, in my adult lifetime, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's getting worse than it ever was in the last 30 or 40 years, and we should all be very, very concerned about that. And when right. I say we, I don't mean queer people. I mean, hello, allies, and I know a lot of you listening are, or consider yourself to be allies, and um, you need to be on top of this stuff. You need to recognize when this is happening. When people are calling a silly little pop performance not silly i thought it was a great song i thought it was a great performance but his little their little satin devil horns Mm -hmm. are clearly not satanic they're no no more satanic than bugs bunny in a devil costume like it's come on come on this needs to be pushed back against i don't care if you don't like the song i don't care if 
I don't care about any of it. It should not be acceptable, and everybody should be pushing back against it every chance. And that includes things like drag queen story hours and stuff like that. That shit, because typical of uh, our escalating political rhetoric, they started uh, shutting down drag queen story hours because there were children in them, you know, going to them. And now there are bills all across the country to make drag illegal. Drag has not been illegal since the early 70s when those laws were overturned. So we are going to take, and we'll just like right. with abortion, we're going to take a half century step backwards on social progress. Um, Got to fight this stuff, people. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you all, support us, please. all queers are in danger, but especially trans now, trans people now. Absolutely. I mean, we need to emphasize that. Yeah, we're still all, you know, who knows what happens to all of us. Uh, but trans people specifically now. They, but they're coming. They are, they are coming yeah. for all of us. Just yeah. like, um, you know. It's sort of like with abortion, where they they would do these partial birth abortion bills, and then finally they just got rid of the whole thing. And now they're going after um, the abortion, you know, the morning after pills and right, all right. that. Like, they're trying to make all that illegal. Just it's all always- fucking horrible. They're all horrible, and they need to be stopped. That's the bottom line here. We, we can never rest. We can never rest. We can never rest. We can never expect them to understand anything, because these people will never understand or change anything. Right. Uh, you just have to fight them. We have to fight them. Sorry, but... There's yeah. no way. Like, oh, my God. No, this stupid idea that Democrats have that we're going to change things. No, I mean, we're not going to change. We're going to improve a little uh, and we're going to prevent things to happen. But anyway, that's all we want to say about that. It was a stupid, stupid controversy. And people need to recognize that they are trying to resurrect 40 and 50 year old things that, like we said, were left off the mm-hmm. national stage back then when people realized it was all bullshit. We cannot be accepting this bullshit in our no, public, public rhetoric. We just cannot. Okay. Mm. All righty. Anyway. Now we're going to transition over to The Last of Us. Uh, again, I'll let you know when we start talking about uh, the episode that drops tonight. Um, we're not going to get there just yet because uh, this makes a nice segue into the Bill and Frank episode of The Last of Us. Uh, which was the third episode, which aired two weeks ago, and we wrote a review that kind of went a little viral. Mm-hmm. Kind and, of. And uh, <laughs> we got messages from people involved in the show. I yes. won't say wh- who no, or, or what who. they said, but very complimentary messages from high-ranking people involved in the show. Um, and when, that ep- when we saw the screener for that episode, now this is the episode that um, sort of takes a step back from the zombie storyline and shows the love story of two middle-aged gay men played by Murray Bartlett and Nick Offerman who find each other in the apocalypse and somehow right. build a little paradise for themselves. Can I tell a little story here? Cause I still remember, um, we got screeners and, uh, for the episodes ahead of time. And I, you know, sometimes you watch them before I do. So I'm in the, uh, living room watching TV. And at some point I come to the kitchen and you come from the bedroom sobbing yeah like crying your eyes out and i'm like what is going on he said i just watched the most beautiful thing ever <laughs> and i'm like oh, what what was it yeah anyway I forget what i was just about but, to say but anyway but that's how much it affected right uh, right right us and you at the, what uh, anyway um but it's just that it, it, that's that's the thing when we started watching the episode we realized that it was a special episode that it was going this to be. This is what special. I, I yeah. said to you when. Then I made you watch it, and we we both wept through it. Um, I gotta say, I I watched that episode eight times to write that r- review. 
Uh, so I probably won't watch it again soon. Um, but uh, the reason I watched it so many times is because I really wanted to get every single nuance and detail mm. correct. Because I said to you at the time, I was like, okay, if the two middle-aged gay male critics don't, married critics, do not knock this review out of the park. Right. What's the point in reading our review? This one was for us and about us. And I really, that was the goal. I was like, I'm going to write the best fucking recap of this episode that anyone's ever right. read. And, and I'm going to make people cry with it because, and that was the goal. I was like, they're going to cry at the end of this recap. I swear. And so many people said they did. Melanie Linsky said she did. It made her cry. She tweeted that. So I'm not giving anything. The review. Uh, <laughs> she cried with the review. I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. to make sure people. Were, um, uh, so, uh, but of course. Of course, there was backlash. Why are we seeing these homosexuals and pushing right. this agenda? Blah, 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 blah. I'm not going to recap the episode again. Uh, I will say that it's, it's um, like I said, I, I probably won't watch it again uh, for a while. But like we got a text from a, a mutual friend the other mm -hmm. night, um, David. Hi, David. Uh, who said, and he, I just, I was like, this is so telling, because all he said was, I just watched episode three. He didn't say what show it was or anything, and we knew exactly what he was talking about. And so, of course, we were texting back and forth with him about the episode, and um, I got all teary-eyed again, because mm. it's one of those things that affects you so deeply emotionally that you don't have to watch it to cry right, if right. you just think about the episode for me, at least, I get all choked up. I think the most beautiful thing, I'm going to talk about the positive things that I, I saw online about this episode, is that, first of all, this this show is based on a, on a, on a video game. And, you know, a lot of, of gamers, gamers um, um, are... I don't know. They're a little more. <laughs> they're not socially progressive as a they're group. They're not. Yeah, they're not as open. That's my my experience with them uh, as other people. Anyway, so when when I started watching the show and I was just happy with the show and I was like, all right, this is going to be one of those shows that it's going to get a lot of reaction from all these gamers that have played this game and loved this game for so many years. So it's going to be interesting. And I, you know, I, I'm kind of interested to. In, in reading what they're going to say. So that was number one. And then when the episode dropped, I was like, oh my God, I I don't know if I want to read what they're saying about this episode because I was afraid they were just going to trash it. That say, you know, two faggots, two gay people. You well, know, I mean, like, there was blah, blah, plenty blah. of that. And there was plenty of that. But I also want to bring up that a lot of uh, gamers, um, queer gamers, said that they absolutely loved the fact that they felt represented right. as a gamer, as someone who played the game and was watching the show now. They felt very good seeing those two characters. And right. I think they understand. And I think, yeah, and I think... And it's interesting because there was also the backlash uh, from queer people, young queer people, uh, you know, that it's also Several very... Several critics wrote yeah. um, very red-hot think pieces. Um, I don't want to dismiss anyone who didn't like the episode, although I did find some of... And I'm not going to single anybody out by name, but um, I did find some of the reasoning behind the criticism to mm. be questionable, at least. And, uh, and to me, it really... All I could think reading some of these uh, reviews was if this had been the story of two 29-year-old gay yes. men, you wouldn't have said yes. half of this. Yes, yes, yes. So it's your lack of understanding <laughs> or, or, or I don't know, sympathy, empathy uh, here 
that you don't understand that th- these two characters are of a certain age. They're right. specifically of a certain and age. And while they're... there is a lot of white cis gay yeah. male uh, representation, which is something we tried to get across in our review, this is not new to see white cis gay male love. However, it is something to see middle-aged white cis gay male. Right. That is something, right. speaking as one of them, I don't see anywhere. Uh, I don't, or I, I will see older gay people. I gotta say, those old gay guys, they make me cringe. I know that they're beloved. The ones that were just on Oh, I know, race, I know, I know. Um, they do make me cringe a little bit. Look, live your life, be happy, represent however you want. And they are certainly representing a portion of the of the community. But um, I'm like, okay, p- p- put some clothes on? <laughs> and not because I'm grossed out by your bodies, but is that what you have to tell us all? That, oh, you're, we're still, you know, you're still going to be running around in Speedos, you know, in your, uh, lo- looking for validate, whatever. I'm not going to get off on that. I just think that the, the image of aging gay, especially aging gay men, uh, is, tends to toward the, toward ridicule. Mm-hmm. Um, even amongst gays. So uh, that episode really touched me very deeply um, because there was so much dignity involved in their stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was such, I mean, Craig Mazin, the writer, is, is uh, he's a straight presenting man. I don't know his personal, I mean, I know he's married and I believe he has children uh, married to a woman. Um, but as far as I know, he presents as a straight man, not a bi man or a gay man. And he really nailed, he I really think, nailed right. aspects of, of male male love, male male sex, and male male marriage, and I'm saying male male because you know maybe one of them's bi. I don't know, but I think they were both pretty clearly gay. Right. I think was when one of them was very repressed, but still a gay. I think they were uh, that's both. That's the understanding here. Yes. Um, about Craig Mason, uh, the thing I love about him is that if you watch uh, Chernobyl, Chernobyl, and if you didn't, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. It's one of the most beautiful shows I've ever watched. Although it's it's, a, it's about a horrible thing that happened, um, he's very much like that. Like he likes to explore um, the uh, the the feelings, the, the emotional, the, the emotional side, side, the experiences, not just some major event that happened. So that's what I love about him. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very clear with Chernobyl, and it's very clear here. And all these characters have have a story, have feelings. They have they have a reason why they are where they are now. Right. Um, and that was very true of those two guys. Um, loved it. Loved the episode. Yeah. Have watched many many times. Um, and loved the show in general. I think now, the show Craig, is doing doing a good job about that. Yeah. Now Craig Mazin has said that. Um, the story of Bill, Bill and Frank are, are characters in the game. However, Frank is dead when you, when you, he, you, he's never alive in the game. He, they come across his dead body, and Bill says he was my partner, and it's all very circumspect. You sort of get mm-hmm. that they may have had a r- romantic relationship, and then later there's a, a reference to to gay porn, but it's you know. It's very. It was not explored, and they were very different. I mean, Bill was kind of a very different character in a lot of ways. Right. right. Um, I read interviews with him saying, with Mason saying that. Um, this is what I was going to say. That oh he, no, not Mason, the creator of the show. I forget his name. The, Neil Druckmann. Uh, yeah. Uh, thank you. He actually said that the only way they 
they they got away with having a gay character in the game was doing presenting like that right. very very you know not very clear right um but but many people online on social media gamers were saying how did you not know how well yeah the ones who were gay knew that but yeah, a lot of the ones who were inclined not to say it didn't say it that's the point of how of that sort of disney-esque representation and craig mason said in an interview that he really wanted to explore their love story, explore their life together, and he really wanted to sneak that in there. He didn't say to piss off the fans, but he really wanted to sort of sneak in this sort mm-hmm. of progressive gay love story in a place where no one was going to expect it. Well, those comments blew up. Of course. Um, don't get me wrong. The, uh, oh, and the show got um, review bombed on like IMDb and everything. They're all giving it one star. You know, 27,000 reviews on IMDb gave it one star. But the... The the um, cumulative review was still very very high because everyone else is giving it five stars. Listen, we have experience with those stars. People got pissed at you and they go somewhere and they give you a bad review. Uh, yeah, the Amazon reviews. Bing! Anyway, <laughs> on we, our books. We, we have experience with that. They Whatever. got annoyed with us and they they right. you know trash our book. I got I got <laughs> yeah I got blocked from their comment section, so I'm giving this book one star. Okay, well that All doesn't right. tell us anything. Okay. Um. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, my, this is to segue into the next point, uh, which is that the show, like a lot of, you can tell a show has really hit, is like the zeitgeist and it, it, when, when it it keeps these uh, controversies keep erupting around it, these conversations keep erupting around it. Cause there was another one that was, you know, the, the Bill and Frank episode got insanely, uh, a, a claim a claim yeah yeah i mean they're both i was nominated. one of them yeah. but a lot of critics said yes. it is one of the best shows you're going to see all year some people have said although i don't believe this is true it's the best show they've seen on television in years that's probably a little uh, one of them i'd say maybe yeah yeah in terms of acting directing and writing that's you're right but um, people will inevitably react badly when you give something a lot of praise like yes. that. People will inevitably start looking for reasons. So then there became the, all of this, you know, it's just a zombie show. You know, it's yeah. just The Walking Dead. Like, And th- that kind of, kind of rhetoric annoys the shit out of me because it's like, do you think you're telling me something I can't see with my own eyes? I know it's a zombie right, show. Right. I can tell it's a zombie mm-hmm. show. The point is, it's a really, really good one right it's a really humane one in which the acting is off the chain and the writing is off the chain the thing with critics in general and uh i don't want to criticize them too much but what happens you see that happening is that when they see everyone going one way then some of them have to break some of them have to break off and say you know what i think they're you're all all wrong wrong. (laughs) right uh just for clickbaits you know uh I think some critics actually... Or they feel that they They have, just react that way. And listen, I've seen shows... Right. Listen, it's not that I'll, I'll ever say anything bad about Succession because I haven't really watched it. But sometimes I roll my eyes at the way people right, talk right. about that and show. I'm, I'm like, saying, everybody needs to calm the hell down. Right. And I'm not saying that everyone should agree with something because, no, I, that's what's not... What's the point in that? What's the point in that? But my, my point is that if you're going to criticize it, you know, you really have to do a job, good job explaining right. why you feel that way. <laughs> And sometimes it's just silly. It's just silly. You read it, you know, like, okay, this makes no sense. Well, there was a lot of, you know, this isn't the way it was in the game kind of criticism. I know, and which, which I drives can't me handle. crazy. It's the same crowd that says this, the book is different. You know, right. it's different in the book. Well, you're uh, not reading the book. You're, you're not, not reading the, the book. Well, 
I don't. I didn't play the game. I don't want to play the game. And means you nothing know, to me. Means nothing to me. Right. I'm watching a show inspired by the game. Okay. Um, so let's move on to Melanie Linsky. Um, we're eventually going to talk a little bit about uh, where her character goes in the next episode. So if you want to skip, fine. But we're really not going to give much away. No. First of all, yeah. Uh, this whole thing breaks. This whole story breaks my heart. Uh, we haven't established what the yeah. story is, so can we get to that, <laughs> yeah. sweetie? I sweetie? can't wait to just protect my baby. <laughs> All right. Uh, Melanie Linsky uh, follows us and has followed us for several years, and um, I'm not claiming friendship with the no, woman, but we've had plenty of conversations media. together online, and she is a sweetheart, and she is a fan of ours, as um, maybe not as much as we are a fan of hers. We've been a fan of her work for a long, long time. So, and like I, uh, I said, she actually tweeted us and said that our last review made her cry. So, um, she made her debut in the show last week as Kathleen, who was the leader of a rebel militia in Kansas City. And all of these burly men with guns um, and body armor uh, listen to her as she gives orders. Uh, and... You know, if you're not familiar with Melanie Linsky, she looks like the mom next door, and she's got this very high-pitched, very she's got a very sweet face, very high-pitched voice. She is not necessarily uh, the first image you think of when you think of commanding, like as a, and that's generally not the kind of roles that she plays. Even on Yellow Jackets, where she does play a badass, there's no, but she's also a little crazy. Um, She's still uh, um, sort of ignored by her daughter and ignored by her husband. Like, she has those problems that I think an actress who looks like Melanie Linsky probably gets cast for all the time. What That's what makes her casting in this role, which is not in the game. It was created for the show. Oh, that I didn't know. Yeah, there is okay. no Kathleen in the game. Um. She fills in a blank when it comes to Henry and Sam's story in the game, uh, in the show. There's, you know, but I won't, I'm not going to compare the show to the game. Anyway, uh, and I loved when her character first debuted. I was like, that is not what the kind of role I would choose for Melanie, or I would think of for Melanie Linsky. And Melanie Linsky is not the actress I would think of when casting, you know, you just, she, the leader of a militia? No, I wouldn't think of that. However, she's a spectacular actress, and the writing is good, and everything about it made perfect sense to me. Right, and what I love about those guest appearances, I mentioned this before, it's because you give these amazing actors the opportunity to do something different for one or two episodes. Really uh, different. Yeah, yeah, because usually... Like look at Nick Offerman. Right, because usually when they're cast for a whole season, a whole show, they, they tend to do the, kind of the same things right. that they always What's expected do. Of them. Because it's safe for the produ for, for the producers, for everyone involved, you know, to cast someone that they know will do a good job, you know. They don't want to sort of like take any chance. Right. So when you, when you do a guest appearance, you there is more of a chance of you, you know, getting cast for something, doing something completely different. And right. that's what she does here. Uh, and she is amazing. She is amazing. Especially in the episode coming up today, yes. which really fills in the blanks for her character um, about why she is the way she is and how right, she got right. to where she is. The uh, explanation is, is is actually fairly simple, although it's hinted at in the last episode, which is that her brother was the leader of the resistance. Right. Um, he was jailed and he got killed and she took over. And 
And one of her lieutenants tells her in the next episode, look, your brother never got anything. He was apparently this great Jesus-like right. man. He but was all he, about forgiveness. But he was too sweet, too good, too nice. Right. And it and he tells her, he was like, look, your brother was a wonderful man, but he didn't get anything done. You did. Right. Um, she went a little nuts when they killed her brother, and she rallied the people that her brother had already gathered together. Yeah. We're not giving anything away here. This this was last episode. No, this is in the next episode. I already told... Yeah. No, but when that he he died and all that, we, we knew that before. That part, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But um, I th- her whole role, it, it, it didn't even need that sort of explanation because I bought her in the role. But when they explain that in this episode, I'm like, oh, this all of this is perfectly and that's the that's the thing that's um the last of us is really good about is setting up these mildly questionable not like deep puzzle box mysteries but more like how did we get here yes and then they'll backtrack and show you exactly how they got there i think the great one of the great thing about this show is that the show is that you know these are quote unquote normal people who were having a normal life and then something horrible happened on the planet and then they had to change and adapt and you can see that on her. You can see that, you know, her character, uh, you know, she she was somebody just having a normal life with her brother, loved her brother, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden had to take action and, and, and be in charge right. and all that stuff. And that's what she does. Um, and I love it because it's bubbly inside of her, all that anger. White hot rage. Yes, but she's calm and cool in she's a way. She's got a plan. Yes, because she has a plan and she has to act a certain way because... A, probably because she's a woman, so she has to keep her cool right. and act, you know, like she is in control right? Um, so that she can do whatever she needs to do. All is done, all of that is done beautifully by uh, Melanie, right. uh, um, beautifully. Um, she does a phenomenal job, and I think it's true of every character and every actor so far we've seen. They 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 do a good job doing that. Right. Um subverting your expectations yes, of who exactly. they're supposed to exactly, be. Exactly, exactly. So um but the internet, social media, um, so people start talking as usual, and it's not the fucking first time they talk about her weight, which is so fucking annoying. Let me just um so okay, anyway. take a deep breath, Lorenzo. Uh-huh. <laughs> In through the nose, out through the mouth. Um so Adrian Curry, who mm-hmm. was the winner of the first season yeah, of who? America's Next Top Model and used to be married to Peter Brady and just a total loser. That should be enough for you um, of an introduction. She posted a picture of Melanie from an InStyle magazine shoot in which she's wearing a Kristen Siriano gown. And basically, and she tweeted, she said, her body says life of luxury, not post-apocalyptic warlord. Where is Linda Hamilton when you need her? Referring to Linda Hamilton in Terminator 2, who was ripped to the bone. Um, And Melanie, who does not really deal with, she's so sweet online, and, and she doesn't really deal with this sort of thing, but obviously this meant a lot to her. So she, she took a screen cap of the tweet, which is... Mm-hmm. Very smart of her because Adrian Curry got she's she shut down her account. Did you know she oh, got know, know. run off of oh, Twitter? Because she's been bullied now. She's, okay, and, she, and she's a victim now. So Melanie tweeted and said, "Firstly, this is a photo from my cover shoot for InStyle magazine, not a still from The Last of Us. I'm playing a person who meticulously planned and executed an overthrow of Fedra, which is." like the federal government. I'm supposed to be smart, ma'am. I don't need to be muscly. That's what henchmen are for. 
Um, and of course, it went viral. And then she did another, she did a follow up. You could tell she was really, really passionate about this character mm-hmm. and about the chance to play this right. character. And she said, one of the things she said is that my casting suggested the possibility of a future in which people start listening to the person with the best ideas. And before I read the rest of what she said, this to me is. I understand why you would compare this show to The Walking Dead. Of course, it's in the exact same genre. Visually, it looks very similar to The Walking Dead. But I I stopped watching The Walking Dead after like season seven. But my memory of the show is occasionally it had good episodes, but it was a show where people were either idiots or psychopaths, and that was it. It mm-hmm. had the dimmest view of humanity, and after a while, it just got boring. The Last of Us, despite everything, it doesn't have a dim view of humanity at all. And this episode coming up, um, Kathleen says some psycho bitch lines that Melanie delivers beautifully. But even then, you're like, this woman is broken. She's not a villain. She's broken. And she has very, very good reasons for doing what she's doing. She's not only... very difficult to look at her as a bad person. She's not only broken, but also had to face reality. Because I'm not going to repeat her lines, because they are (laughs) funny and and horrible at the same time. The one line is hilarious. But my point is that she she has faced reality. She understands what she has to deal with. Right, and she also knows herself. She knows what she's doing is terrible. Yeah. Um, so she, she said this bit about listening to the person with the best ideas, not the coolest or the toughest person, the organizer, the person who knows where everything is, the person who was doing the planning, the person who can multitask. She explained this character so yeah. fucking well. And that's well. why she's so uh, excited about this character. That's why she wanted to play this character. Yeah. And that's why it's so frustrating and heartbreaking to to have some one stupid person just come, you know, and, and say something. And make the whole thing about her body. Yeah, make make the whole thing about her body when it makes no sense. And and then Nobody on the show is muscular. Well, that's the thing. Let's 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 yeah, let's uh, Let's talk about her tweets. Uh, first, she talks about that, and then she got a lot of of of, of you know people replying and, and saying that you know that's stupid, blah blah blah. And she kept doubling down. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, at one point, she said women who look like that would be raped. Yeah. Then she said, "Well, w- let's face it. You know, women would." Well, first, then she knows that she fucked up, and then she starts like you know I trying know to know that she's a QAnon nut, and yeah, she was she retweets oh, libs of job. TikTok, and she's, she's a an job. asshole. I'll get to her other shitty thing to explain a little bit why she's like that but anyway um so she starts talking about like well women they all would be raped no 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 woman would be a leader in this world uh which is there haven't been which is female so, military leaders which or is so fucking dict- stupid yeah. because even if that's true or were, was true until now in terms of entertainment and tv shows and movies or whatever here's a chance to change that Right. Why aren't you excited excited about that? No, you have to focus on her body. Oh, and then she says, "Well, I'm just talking about her character. We can't talk about character." No, you're anymore. talking about her body. No, you're not talking about her character. You're talking about her body because you you took the time to get a picture of her that had nothing. And and I think Melanie made that point. This is Melanie made that point. This is not a press picture. Yeah, from, I read that part. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, you know, this is from InStyle magazine. Right. You, you had an agenda here. You knew exactly what you were doing here. And then she took, and then, you know, people start complaining. The more people complain, the more she talked about it. And then she said, well, uh, nobody would look like that. Everybody would be thin and fit because, you know, but that's not true with the show. But then again, you stupid, jackass you mentioned her what about the men they're all fit and muscle no you know? they're not 
Oh, whatever. Like they're all no. My point is that they're all well fed. That's my point. Right. They're all well fed. Every character on the show. Why did you decide to talk about one specific person? I、uh, mean, Nick Offerman. Yeah. Is a is a middle aged man well, with a belly, I mean. but he he、yeah. was a total badass. No, I yeah, forget what I said. Fit and mu- no, I meant they're all well fed. They have food. They're fine. Nobody's starving. Nobody's but starving. Nobody is a big muscle man either. Right? Exactly. No, that's that's not what I meant. I meant the, the point that no, not everybody is starving here. Uh, um, so your point, forget it. You're stupid. Um,、uh, and so she's she, a lady who hates women. She, you know, and, she's and, a female misogynist. She's and,、uh, a pick me girl. Right, and of course, and she's an asshole. Yes, and. Of course, people found shit that she said. I mean, she she has tweets about talking about muscle. I mean,、uh, models of all sizes. Like she talks about, like she says, I want to see women. I I can pretend I will look like in clothes, not these frumpier, you know, women. Blah blah blah. So you know, she she's just like that. She's、right. horrible. She she has talk about Black Lives Matter. She's a terrible person. Yeah. Um. But it's just a sad thing to see,、um, and it's just and it, what makes me so upset about this and and hard it what but so heartbreaking about this is that this is not the first time that Melanie、uh, has dealt、she、with that deals with this bullshit all the time. She deals with、time. this bullshit all the time, and it's and, and when I say Melanie Linsky, she's very pretty. So I'm not b- being dismissive when I say she looks like you know the the woman next door. I mean, she. She looks like Americans. She looks like she just looks. She, she looks, looks like、normal. everybody else. She looks normal. If you were attacking、yeah. her looks, then you were attacking. Then you're doing it from a perspective、right. of a fucking model who thinks、sad. that you're everyone's supposed to look as bony as you. And it's very、uh, sad because、uh, I remember Melanie have having to say something when she was uh, when uh, yellow uh, jacket, jackets、uh, dropped. Same thing. She talks about、uh, makeup artists and hair people trying to change her face and makeup,、right. so she looks thinner. I mean, she has. She, she said had, going、yeah. to Christian Siriano was a revelation because、yeah. she used to go to designers or stylists, and they would say, "Well, we're going to try and hide your waist. We're going to try and make your、right. waist look smaller." And Christian, who has a lot of experience dealing with women of various sizes and shapes, said to her, "We're going to show off that tiny little waist of yours. We're going, you know, it wasn't right. about right. making her look smaller. It was about、uh, complimenting, you know, her body." And that's the thing that I hate so much about the, the, her comment,、uh, Adrian、um, Curry's comment, is that she picked them. <clears throat> Ironically, she picked a picture of, of、uh, Melanie wearing Christian Siriano. I mean, of、right. all people, like、right. you're really shitting on everybody here, celebrating women. Right. You're really doing a good job here. You just decided that you're going to destroy everyone who's doing anything positive. She's just、here. an asshole. She's just an asshole. But the thing is that <laughs> she represents a long line of assholes, and, and you know a lot of assholes out there.、Uh, and it's just sad. It's just sad because it is a beautiful character. It's a phenomenal actor. Um, you know, everyone involved is doing a phenomenal job and、uh, bringing something wonderful to the table, including Christian Siriano dressing her. Because there are stories out there that、uh, Melanie was talking to、uh, Sarah Paulson and talking about not getting clothes or designers to, you know, lend her stuff. And then Sarah Paulson said, "Well, let me just talk to Christian Siriano. I have his number. I'll call him right now." And then, you know. Christian was like, "All right, sure, of course." You know that type of stuff, man. I mean, right? You just but to the- get back to、uh, the Last of Us, I just want to say the thing. I I'm sorry that Melanie went through this again in her career, but I'm actually glad she took the moment by the reins and made it. You know, made some really wonderful points about why this character、yes. matters and why this show 
is more than simply a Walking Dead retread. Right. It is trying to do things. It is trying to challenge your assumptions about who would be in a story like this and who would thrive in a story like this. Right. Um, and that's why I felt a connection between the Bill and Frank story and and the Kathleen story because it, it really reflects how the... And don't get me wrong, it's not like The Walking Dead was full of like muscular, fantastic, good-looking, you know, whatevers. And, and The Walking Dead has had gay characters. Um, but... but uh, um, the Last of Us is really, really doing the work of creating a world that isn't pessimistic, that does, despite the apocalypse, it does actually reflect uh, a, a certain reality about the world, a certain reality about humans, about people, mm-hmm. um, that we are deeply flawed, and that, but that doesn't necessarily make us psychopaths, and it doesn't necessarily make us stupid, and that, you know, when we're all grasping at whatever's left of civilization, it doesn't necessarily have to be... Listen, there's an, an astonishing action sequence in the next episode, which drops tonight. Um, and... You know, there's a mass death scene. There's a lot of people get killed. And even then, I felt it. W- what was sad, it was sad because um, everyone was there for the wrong reason. Everyone was fighting something they shouldn't have been fighting. But they, they, were, they were really trying to do the right thing. Right. It, everybody involved was really trying to do the right thing. And even the ones like Kathleen who were saying things... Or making decisions where it's like, well, shit, lady, you've gone around the bend. You understood. You understood why they were that way. Her lieutenant, the guy with the white beard. Oh, he's awesome. He was so so good, and and you could tell he 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 would do anything for her. And mm-hmm. that that relationship is only hinted at in were in you know mm-hmm. in very short right. exchanges. It's not overwritten. Um, so. I'm enjoying that these controversies keep arising because they are, I feel, a testament to the quality of the writing on the show and the willingness of the show to challenge you. Right. Anyway, that's it? No, that's it. That's 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 pretty much it. Pardon me. Um, so, that is whatever. We want to hear your thoughts on all of this. Yes, please let us know uh, about the episode about Melanie, Madonna. There's a lot. <laughs> um, Marjorie Taylor Greene let's yeah, hear all oh of it oh my god no no I don't want that woman on um, side. anyway, anyway. <clears throat> until then we'll be back with whatever crosses our eyes or crosses our desks um, until then take care of yourselves go birds love you yeah. mean it bye bye